Hey Swifters, I'm Simon Schofield and this is episode 100 of the Zwiftcast. Well, they've been here since day one. The other two members of the Zwiftcast mini peloton, I haven't succeeded in dropping them yet. Actually, it's much more likely that in real life they'd drop me. Shane Miller and Nathan Guerra. Good day, mate, and yo, dude, respectively. Shane, ever think we'd get to 100 not out? This is a hundred episode, another birthday episode. I was going to wear my birthday suit for this one, but I had to quickly put some clothes back on and it was only the hundred. Um, it's been a while, hasn't it? Been a while. Um, I'm glad we're here. Yeah. A good decision not to wear your birthday suit, mate. Uh, Nathan, a hundred, did you think it would get there? I don't know. I didn't know if we were going to get past the first one, to be honest, when we first got going. I was like, okay, what are we doing here? I'm not sure what's happening, but I mean, I'm blown away that we've hit this, uh, 100th episode and i'm super excited for this we are still here so what do we have for you in episode 100 well inevitably it's going to be a bit of a look back into the history of swift as catalogued on your favorite well our favorite podcast i hope it's your favorite podcast too uh, and with a few handbrake turns we'll also take in some of the usual fare in other words the latest happenings on our favorite cycling game. Let's start in the here and now and sometime over the next few weeks did somebody maybe possibly say October? Zwift is going to be rolling out something called Pack Dynamics 3. Now this may uh, will in fact change eventually the entire Zwifting experience for every Zwifter. At the moment, there's quite a lot of lateral movement as your avatar swings side to side within a bunch. We're used to it now, but actually it's quite a jerky movement and it's not especially natural. That's not how cyclists in a bunch behave in real life. There are lots and lots of complicated reasons this happens, which needn't detain us here, but it's been on game creator John Mayfield's to-fix list for a long, long time. And one of the very first visible fruits of John's role in the newish R&D department at Zwift is quite a big change to pack dynamics. Now, it must be said, this is in the early stages and still being tested, and a rollout across the game is still some way off, at least weeks and maybe months. That said, the feedback from the very first test, mine included, was solidly positive. There's little, if any, of that very jerky side-to-side motion. If you advance through a group, other riders move so that gaps form. There's none of that weird riding through another rider thing going on. The same applies if you're slipping back through the group. Gaps open up. The combined effect is a much, much smoother experience and a much more natural look. It's more restful as a visual experience. The really interesting aspect is that this version of Pack Dynamics appears to mitigate the worst effects of sticky draft, where you get stuck on another rider's wheel when you want to get past. Again, there are reasons this exists in game, but on this test, many of the riders commented that the sticky draft was way less noticeable. If you now want to push on and get past, it's much easier to do so. Do you know, I honestly think this is a, a really, really big deal. And when it comes, it's going to change how we Swift eventually for all users. I'm very optimistic about this. Shane, do you share my general goodwill towards this um, incipient change? 
100%. I've spoken about it before that cyclists know what other cyclists look like. We are experts at that because we ride behind cyclists most of the time out on the road. And when we're not riding behind cyclists, we're watching cyclists on the television. We know we, we are experts in how things move, you know, in a bunch between riders and when people drop off and how people work turns and things like that. We are the experts in that. If it doesn't look right, you'll notice it straight away. So anything Zwift can do to take that forward and bring the experience into what we expect to see uh, is going to be a good thing. Why are we talking about this six years down the track, though? It's a bit of a worry. Uh, I would have loved to have seen this a lot sooner, maybe six months into the Zwift journey. But there have been a lot of changes in regards to how uh, riders are positioned for everybody else. I think previously... They were doing um, client calculations and like you could be riding on one side of uh, a rider and on their system, you were riding on the other. It didn't really matter. But now we have steering. Now we need really accurate results in racing. Um, they need to be sorted out. So I think that's all a part of that sort of rolling into one. But what I see there looks really, really good. I can't wait to see it on mass. I want to see the Cocoa Bunch. What's that going to look like? Mm. Yeah, I mean, there might be a lot of that. We could have had this six years ago during this episode. So uh, brace yourself, viewers and listeners. <laughs> um, uh, 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 Nathan, I, I mean, this could be completely revolutionary for racing because uh, the whole draft thing is going to change. Uh, positioning in a bunch, the way you change positioning in a bunch is going to change. And sitting on someone's wheel or not sitting on someone's wheel is going to change. And that will have a really, really big impact on racing. Well, it's a huge impact. I mean, just yesterday I was having a conversation with one of the Zwifters that I interact with like a ton. And we're talking about TTT. And just with Pack Dynamic 2, there were so much changes, like huge amounts of like pushing people off. Now with wanting to even have more interactivity and this is what we've been talking about for a really long time interactivity yeah. that is natural to cycling though right like there's a lot of this like how do we gamify well this is gamifying this is actually bringing in a new variable that you have with the control of your avatar and that little wow. bit will actually change because you think about the domino effect the variables that you have that are happening between all of the different all the avatars out there are going to really moment to moment change because of these pack dynamics as you can see the way that the avatars are trying to jostle around each other and actually make space for each other that's yeah. cycling right and it's interactive cycling yeah. so i'm super excited about this yeah me too uh I, one of the first projects from the john mayfield research lab somewhere in the dungeon in uh, long beach actually it's probably not in the dungeon but you know it would be nice if it was uh, uh so we will say what we've probably said quite a lot during you know, 100 episodes of swiftcast well done john but can you get on with it please because uh, this is going to be a big <laughs> big change and uh, it's going to be it's going to be great to see it okay let's start with the history thing and let's go back let's go all the way back to episode one Hi Zwifters, I'm Simon Schofield and this is the Zwiftcast. Remember that reggae tune? We had that for a fair few episodes. So where were we in November 2015? Richmond had launched a few weeks before in September. October saw Zwift's workout mode launch and right at the end of that month, after many weeks in free beta, Zwift started charging $10 a month. 
compared to today, numbers on the platform were tiny, as Zwift CEO Eric Min related when he appeared on episode one. We, we hit, uh, I will tell you that we hit almost 800 simultaneous uh, users at the peak on Tuesday. So every day since we launched has been a record day for that day. What do you think um, the maximum number of riders uh, we will see on the platform at any one time will be this winter? What would be your guess? I, If I were to guess, I would say by January, you, you might see close to 2,000. Well, we didn't play the peak Zwift game in those days, so I don't recall if Zwift ever hit Eric's prediction of 2,000 that year. But that's the background for the birth of the Zwiftcast. Episode 1 featured two voices which would become familiar. Shane, it's been fantastic chatting to you. I hope we can make this a regular feature. It's great to hear from uh, from Zwift Australia. No worries, Simon. I look forward to the uh, future editions. There's a lot to talk about, and uh, I'm sure we'll have many, many months of discussions in the future about where it's going and, uh, yeah, where it's headed. This is a strong, strong group of riders today. A lot of the big hitters have shown up. That was the fantastic Nathan Guerra with some of his inspired race commentary. We'll get Nathan on to the next episode of the Zwiftcast. Uh, well, we did, and he's been here ever since. We've not managed to shake, not managed to shake him off yet. I, I mean, I'm so grateful for you two for for what you do every time we, every time we do the Zwiftcast and. You know, that continuity has been fantastic, actually. A lot of things, a lot of ideas start and then things fall by the wayside. But uh, us three have managed to come together on a fairly regular basis and uh, talk nonsense about a cycling game. So well done to all of us three, I think. And um, maybe the listeners might just like to know a little bit about how we make the podcast. I mean, it's not fantastically interesting, uh, to be honest, but, you know, a bit behind the scenes stuff. We'll try for Zwickcast 100. Uh, I mean, the big, uh, the, the, the big uh, hassle, I suppose, for us is coordinating time zones. We are in probably the three worst places in the world for getting together australia europe and uh, and the midwest i mean the time zone divergences are quite big and it does my head in every time i try to organize an episode <laughs> i have to go into a, a, an online calculator to work it out i still haven't got used to it but i mean the upshot is that actually is reasonably relaxed for me and shane and normally it's like 7 a.m. for me, which in winter is a bit kind of dark and cold, but, you know, it's okay. Uh, normally, it's kind of late afternoon, I think, for you, Shane. But Nathan, my friend, you consistently get the short straw. I mean, 1 a.m., uh, which is the time we started today, is like relatively civilized for you. We have done it at 2 a.m. and even 3 a.m., but you always get the short straw. However, you are something of an owl rather than a lark. It's true, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, all of my training has happened with many kids getting on the bike around 9 p.m., maybe 10 p.m., mm. maybe even 11 p.m. So it was almost like we went to, from training to Zwiftcast. That's kind of like <laughs> what ended up happening. So, um, and I've enjoyed it. And, you know, uh, tonight I actually went to sleep at... 5.30? No, 6 p.m. yesterday because I actually had an unusual day yesterday and then woke up at 11.30 to get ready for this record, actually, in order to get prepared. So, But that's Zwift life for me, right? So the reality of ZRL starting tomorrow, yeah. it's just 
it's been the same thing because we've been covering a global community for so long. Mm-hmm. The race community, where's with community live came from. It's always been trying to hang out with everyone in all the time zones. Like we're trying to figure out the same thing for ZRL right now. So that's just the nature of Zwift. I mean, you live in the future, Shane, uh, but it, it's kind of always worked out on the, on the Zwiftcast record okay, I think, hasn't it for you? Yeah, it's mid-afternoon, depending on uh, what time Max has dinner, which is going to be any moment soon, so you might hear some clangs in the background. Um, but uh, just to throw another spanner in the works, it's daylight savings next week, I think. So we're going to be phase-shifted an hour, and no one knows which way. It goes one direction, but we can never figure it out. One thing I've got to mention, though, is the weird locations we have recorded the Zwiftcast. Now, it's been dodgy oh. hotel rooms in Vegas. It's been Simon in your car, away from jackhammers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. um, yeah, I've been oh, in yeah. my top room. I'm in my little tiny small room down here nathan you're uh, in the basement somewhere we can record this anywhere and like thanks to technology it usually comes together pretty well but yeah that's actually some strange locations that's a funny one simon remember we got kicked out of the hotel that one time when we were in the <laughs> yeah yeah we no no we get well we did <laughs> I, I, I remember we were in long beach actually and we we're doing it in a very attractive kind of atrium area um, but I hadn't, uh, I hadn't either sought or obtained permission to do a recording. And you know what people are like as soon as they see a camera, it's like, what's this? What's that? What's that? And uh, we did get kind of hustled out fairly quick smart by um, a very large man in a very smart suit, <laughs> I, seem to, I, I seem to remember. But yeah, one way or another, we have always pretty much managed to, managed to get it done. Okay, let's get this out of the way nice and early. Unlike my esteemed companions on the Zwiftcast, I famously do not have the Tron bike. There it is, finally, the Tron bike. Well, officially the Zwift concept bike unlocked. I didn't push the right buttons. Hell, maybe there was no Tron bike button when I started, a little before Shane and Nathan, just saying. And by the time I realised, well, it just seemed too late. But I would like to take this opportunity to prove that whilst climbing really isn't top of my I absolutely love this list, I have climbed some mountains. This has not stopped my beloved colleagues ribbing me and jipping me endlessly about my non-tron status. It's okay. I've learned to live with it. Will I register ever? Nah. The moment has passed. Do you know what, boys? It's a really good job. I absolutely love a running gag, isn't it? Uh, you know, it's, <laughs> that has become it's become a favourite, and actually, it's become a kind of a bit of a thing across the Zwift community. But you know, as Oscar Wilde said, there's one thing the worse than being talked about, and that's not being talked about. So that I mean, the whole Trombike thing, you know, actually, I quite like it, and uh, I think it's going to run for a while, isn't it? Yeah, uh, Shane. It will. it will. It will continue on until one day you accidentally go for a climb up Alpe Zwift or Mont Ventoux and you've got that. They'll probably remove the challenge by the time you get around to doing it. But I'd love it if you accidentally got it one day and then we'll have to find something else. I'm, I'm not sure what we can go Nathan on or I'm not sure what you guys can give me on. Don't know. But uh, until you have that bike, it's going to be yeah, it's going to be timed every uh, Zwift cast. <laughs> I mean, I don't not like climbing. You know, I do like climbing, actually. But, yeah, well, it's never quite happened. And, Nathan, I would imagine, I don't know if you've done your stats recently, but you could have had, like, I don't know, 20 Tom bikes, 50 Tom bikes. 
It makes me think <laughs> of climbing the Alpha Swift when it first came out because I did 27 climbs oh. before I got the Melonsteins. Oh. 27. I got the masochist achievement and didn't get the Melonsteins. I've done a little bit of climbing, just a little bit, but <laughs> uh, my stats are a little down this year. I went outside and started racing pro a little bit again, and and Tim just took off. Tim Sorrell was like, is there any competition oh. here anymore? No. So as far as stats go, we're not – I don't think I'm even in the top 10 Side anymore. Note. Side note on Tim's stats, I think he's going for 5,000 Ks this month. In the last 30 days rolling, Tim has done 4,753 oh. kilometers. I, that's going to have to be a record. We'll get these Whiffcast listening fact checkers uh, on that one, but uh, – I ain't going anywhere near that record, so he's going to hold that for a long time. That's uh, phenomenal, phenomenal writing from Tim. Yeah, and no, Tim Searle is nothing if not, uh, what should we say, consistent. Uh, he's he's a complete monster. I did have a ride with him once in real life, actually, uh, and he tore, he tore my legs off. I mean, he just tore my legs off. Yeah, those, uh, that endurance hasn't slowed him down. No way. You do the Pac-Man rides uh, on the hump day, uh, pff, yeah, 350 yeah, watts plus, holding on, you like – wasn't, aren't these long Ks meant to slow people down? Nope. Yeah, he's a very, very strong guy. A very strong guy. And proof that, you know, Swift is good for you. And Swift is very good for your outdoor fitness. Okay. Uh, well, before we launch into our review of stuff that's happened over 99 episodes of the Swiftcast, let's just tackle something a little more current. Uh, one of those handbrake turns coming up. Uh, to much wailing and gnashing of teeth, Swift has announced that juniors, that's uh, riders under the age of 16, cannot join the Zwift Run Zwift Racing League. Uh, HQ was forced into reacting to this with the statement after uh, the big fuss caused by a kind of out of the blue change to the rule set for e-racing. Uh, maybe it would have been better to get ahead of this Zwift by giving an explanation when you did it rather than after you did it. Uh, you know, an explanation simultaneous with the rule change might have been good, but they didn't. Anyway, you can understand the reaction because who doesn't want to get kids more active more often? There's a mission. Uh, and a lot of kids were really, really enjoying that race. And uh, racing, um, Nathan, it's not really surprising that people were mad. Well, there's the reality of this is the future of cycling. There's a lot mm. around the world when it comes to growing cycling and the next generation. I mean, my own heart after a new generation of cycling. That's where vision cycling came from, you know? So there's, there's, I can hear that. And I understand that completely the development of the sport and a lot of places where people are like, Hey, our sport just needs to grow. And wait, what are we doing here? So yeah, your knee jerk reaction is wait, why are you doing something against a good cause? We want to go toward good causes. This is good. You know? And so you feel like someone is like just shooting down something everybody could root for. Yeah. At the same time, there's really good reasons for this. Like really, really good reasons for this. So they um, are. And, and, there is. Yeah. And let 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 me just explain some of those because we did we did well. All of us actually kind of reached out to HQ to say, "Hey guys, you know what, what's what's this all about?" And and it is probably best to make clear that this change doesn't apply to all junior racing on Swift but only the Zwift promoted and partnered series, especially, as Nathan said, the WTRL series. Uh, and the organisers of that phenomenally successful league, unfortunately, did cop for a lot of flack on this when the flack was flying. Now, as Zwift perhaps didn't do the best job of defending themselves on this, we, we, we need to offer some context here, which, which Nathan just hinted at. 
we all had a quiet word with HQ. And the story is that as anybody who has had any dealings in this area knows, the issues around child protection and child safety and privacy on the internet for juniors are horrendously and rightly, quite rightly, very complicated. It's a very, very complex area. Then throw in, as Nathan was saying, a global uh, situation with dozens of different jurisdictions, and it is very, very complicated indeed. There's lots of different laws, there's lots of different regulations, there's lots of different codes. You would basically need a small army to police this, and the amount of time and people and resource that would be need needed to devote to Zwift being compliant in this area is just well, as I said, you know, it was just too much. I mean, it's unfortunate, Shane, because kids racing on Zwift is just fantastically brilliant in so many ways. But I have to say I have a bit of sympathy with, with HQ here. It would just be close to an impossible task without several hundred, hundred people devoted to it full time. Yeah, look, it's. I think a lot of it is around the data protection laws. Um, if you yeah. think about when um, GDPR came along and the impact that had on Zwift Power as a third-party source, now with the WTRL being, I guess, technically a third-party partner, um, and then add to that the data laws for every different country around the world, that mm. is a phenomenal amount of work. It, it's just too hard to do. Now, looping back a little bit, online and you know, children, I guess in 10 years' time, is the one I'm going to have to deal with very soon. Um, you got to be 13 or 16 to hold a social media account site. So I think Facebook, wow. it's 13. In theory, yeah. <laughs> yeah, ex that, well, that's exactly right, in theory. And they're big enough that they've got lawyers, lawyers and everything to deal with that, I guess. But Zwift themselves, technically a smaller company, um, still have to adhere to all the same laws, all the same policies. Um, implementing this would be a monster task, as you, as you alluded to there, Simon. So that's probably the disappointment there. But however, the, the, the devil in the detail is that it's only this certain series. It's not stopping children from jumping on Zwift yeah. and enjoying that. Um, joining in the regular rides that tick over, um, there are a few limitations on children's accounts. I believe there's no chat. Um, yeah, hopefully, some, yeah, there's some issues around followers and following and things like that uh, to protect them. Um, from the general public, but it's just, it all comes down to the data, I believe. It's just very, very yeah. difficult to do, um, but yeah. Yeah, mm, it's unfortunate, but understandable, I think is probably uh, mm. all, uh, the, the take of all three of us on that. Okay, well, let's step out of the present and uh, look back now because we are on Swiftcast 100. So uh, we are going to take a trawl through history and, and we're quite interested to see what Swift has achieved since episode one of the Zwiftcast. Well, quite a lot, actually. We'll be hitting some of the highlights, as well as some of the lowlights, because uh, that's what we do on the Zwiftcast. Uh, we don't hold back. Uh, one feature in episode one now seemed weirdly prescient. Here's the head honcho, Eric Min, on female participation on the platform. In terms of percentages, I would say that 92% are men, 8% are, are women, and we'd like to see that percentage of women grow. I'd like to think that we can help, you know, um, um, support that, that growth. And one Zwifter who's taking a lead in this area is Cassie Baldy. Tell me why you started the Ladies Only Facebook group. Well, if we gather a community together of women, we can encourage each other to take part in these races and these even group rides. And then, then we can sort of get the process rolling of getting more women out there. 
So have those ambitions been realised? Well, let's find out. When the Zwiftcast started, a mere 8.3% of Zwifters were female. By episode 99, that had more than doubled to 17%. Now the number of women on the platform is growing faster than the number of men, with female accounts up this year by 123%, a higher percentage than the growth in male accounts. Female participation, though, varies by country. In the USA, 20% of all Zwifters are female. In Spain, that's only 8%. What Zwift is doing is working, and there's more to come. Uh, well, you two, over the, over the years, we have been fairly quick to call out Zwift when we think they've got something wrong. But on this, they've absolutely got it right. I mean, it's, it's taken a while, but, but growth in this area it, it is quite slow. But, it, you know, they have doubled female participation, which is a, a really significant achievement, actually. Um, Nathan, a great philosophically, great for the zeitgeist, great for women getting into cycling, but it's also a really good uh, business case. You know, uh, that that is where growth will come from for Swift. I have to say that as far as talking points go, this one comes up all the time now. And I remember that episode so clearly. Like, that was a major talking point in that episode. And now half of or more than half of the commentary we do is excitement about how much women's racing is actually growing and that we have all of these pockets and camaraderie and just awesome teams growing in a way that is almost different than the men's side of things. It, ha- it brings its own flavor that just has this awesome atmosphere around it and uh, really takes off into real life in some w- in some ways. Examples: Aeonian, Egawat. Um, you've got what starts the pros classes and 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 the and the rave teams. I mean, these there's these women's brands that are taking off as teams because of Zwift now and the amount yeah. of growth that you're talking about with those percentages. And it's people, a lot of times, Kristen Kolchinski being, a, being like at the top, top level, an example of people who never would have raced bikes or never been this into cycling who are now completely represented and killing it in the community um, and, and making huge splashes. And it's super exciting. Yeah, it really is. I mean, Shane, I don't think they put a foot wrong in this area. I mean, I really, really don't. You know, right from the get-go, racing was was equal. You know, it was never going to be anything else. It's had equal coverage. Uh, they've put as much resource, perhaps more resource, into female racing than they have into into male racing. They've just they've got this bit right. They really have. Yep, I agree. Uh, remembering Zwift Academy was first women only. Um, for the yeah. first year or two, I believe. Um, so the focus has always been there. Uh, my wife is a, an avid Zwifter, which is awesome to see. She's currently doing Zwift Academy. Um, she's not in the in top form at the moment, but she's jumping on. She's doing the rides with other women. Um, she's got a group of fan, friends who, if we're in either lockdown or we can't get out for riding, jump jumps on. There's always a, a group to ride with. Um, and one thing, and I believe I've told this story before on the on the Zwift cast, is I was at the bike store just you know, talking shop and. Uh, I think she was about a 60-year-old lady comes in. And I'm like, respectfully, grandma age. She wanted a kicker. She wanted to buy a kicker to get on Swift. <laughs> and I'm like, I sort of stood back and went, that would never have happened before. Like, we no. used to get these trainers to ride hard and do intervals and go out and race. That was all they were for. 
the game has changed. The game has completely changed. And to see this woman walk in and buy a kicker and get it all set up, I'm like, this is, yeah, this has had, a, um, there's been a massive phase shift between or from training indoors and, and you know, doing your workouts and suffering. Uh, that's all you do in ERG through to, I want the social experience. And that's what Zwift provides. And with uh, the Zwift Academy, with the women's riding, uh, exclusive women's rides as well. So, um, and I don't think we've had any guys really complain about, oh, I've been locked out from these rides, which is good to see. I, you know, women want to be their own little group rides and things like that, not be smashed by, you know, the ego dudes. Um, yeah. it's, it's all there on Zwift. It's, it's great. It's been really, really good to see. And we also get to share the hardware here too, which is handy for me. So Vaughn, my wife is riding, she's on the kicker bike or the stages bike or whatever new trainer I've got. And I'm sitting there collecting data in the background as well. So it kind of helps my work <laughs> that she's on there. Yeah. I, I'm really interested to see, you know, I mean, and you'll never know whether this is the case or not, but anecdotally, anecdata, as I saw, a really great word, a really great portmanteau word I saw the other day, anecdata, I'm going to give you some here. I mean, I genuinely and definitely saw, see more women in real life now out on bikes. You know, there's just no doubt about it at all. And I think with the sponsorship of the new well the 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 old new new old uh, uh tour de france female tour de france that's coming next week mm. uh, next year the sponsorship of that buys Nathan, that's going to be huge yeah i mean it actually surprised I, I have to say like whoa that was an all-in moment if i were to go to the, with, with with texas holding poker like they were like this is it. We're just going to push our chips on the table and say, this is where we're, we're staking yeah. as far as where we want to see cycling go. Uh, that's a, a major statement by Zwift and what they are all about. And absolutely amazing opportunity for the women's pro Peloton to put it um, at the top level and right next to uh, men's racing. Uh, absolutely loving what is going on there. And I'm excited to watch women's world tour tour de france racing um and see what it brings out in personalities and entertainment and narrative because it's different and it 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 gets in my opinion sometimes a little bit more exciting to be honest and so you can have these new personalities coming out um you know with its own history and its own legacies uh with that and i think uh, zwift have nailed it on the head with that yeah Yep, as I say, we're pretty quick to say what we don't like, uh, uh, but what we do like is what Zwift has done for women's cycling. They've done an absolutely fantastic job. Numbers have uh, doubled. I mean, it's taken a little while, but numbers have doubled, and that is a really significant achievement. Okay, well, with close to five years and 99 episodes to cover in this big look back, we could be here all damn day, to be honest, and nobody wants that. So from here on in, let's break it down into years. 2016 was a heady time. Zwift was massively growing in popularity and the trainer company spotted that. They knew when they were onto a good thing. We'll measure the importance of 2016 for indoor cycling in a few minutes. But first, let's rapidly spin through that year in Zwift. 
This was the year Zwift really began its momentous growth. Almost every month we got a big new thing. In January, the events module happened, revolutionising races and group rides. The Australian Hump Day Ride, or HDR, now a huge brand, was an early beneficiary. I am now going to p- pronounce it officially as the biggest ride on Zwift. Um, we're up to 250 riders on a Wednesday night. We'll be up around 300 for sure by the end of winter here. It's a great bunch. It's just a fantastic ride. In spring, Matt Heyman's storming win at Paris-Roubaix after recuperating from injury using Zwift made global headlines and gave the platform a huge boost. Coming off the the injury that I had and and the build-up that I had and the far from ideal preparation, um, which turned out to maybe be the most ideal preparation, it was just a dream come true. And also a dream for Zwift marketing. Cycling media was beginning to realise that Zwift was strong clickbait and coverage of the launch of Watopia's epic KOM, also in spring, really saw momentum build. Then in summer, July to be specific, a whole new world. London was unleashed, again to blanket coverage. Even us three started to sound like we were quite getting into this Zwiftcast malarkey. Uh, the voice of Zwift, Nathan Guerra. Yo, dude. Hey, how's it going, Simon? And uh, Mr. Oz, the llama himself, Shane Miller. G'day, mate. G'day, Simon. How's things? All this swiftiness was manna from heaven for the trainer companies. Wahoo had got in first with the kicker. Tax had counterpunched with the Neo. Then what the Dutch company had hoped would be a killer blow. The tax flux. Everybody's been looking for the product that's going to really, really compete hard against the kicker. It's extremely attractively priced. Yes, uh, we do believe it's a a kicker killer. Although it didn't really work out that way at first, as Shane almost broke the internet. It was unfortunate the first one broke. It was very unfortunate the second one broke. As for why and how, look, I don't know. By September, at the bike business's German jamboree, Eurobike, which the Zwiftcast team, well, me and Shane, attended in person for the first time, special guest DC Rainmaker, as ever, nailed it. This is the best time to buy a trainer. I think late October is going to be the best time we've ever seen in the history of trainers to buy a trainer. Then, in December, an early Christmas present, Zwift launched on iOS, massively expanding the number of devices it would run on and making it much easier to use. 2016 was a big year. Uh, I mean, I use the phrase heady days in that, Shane, but they, they really were heady days, particularly for tech. Um, I mean, the innovation leaps that we saw were, were huge. That curve... Uh, was it was very steep at that point uh, and and it's it's flatter now i think everybody will probably say that is is that just inevitable that that innovation curve is is a bit flatter than it was yeah we've gotten to a certain point now where the trainers are quiet they're accurate they provide pretty much the same experience across the board where there's been tweaks with compatibility for through axles and different types of bikes and things like that and a few other peripherals but i've got to say if the trainer difficulty was the innovation curve at the moment it'd be down about 10 percent. there's not a lot happening at the moment um that's because there was so much progression early on um, and things being pushed out. So I'm, I'm keen to see what's coming up. We're, we've, we have hints of Zwift hardware coming along. We haven't heard anything about that, though, other than they are working on something. So I'm keen to see what they're up to. Hopefully they can push that slider to at least 50%, you know, that default spot. 
Do you, uh, do you think, Shane, do you think scope for innovation remains? I mean, or, you know, I mean, again, if you, if you look at the whole history of Swift, you know, we used to stare at the garage wall. And then there was a great leap forward where we didn't stare at the garage wall and we could ride with people from all over the world. There, there was like this massive leap forward. And then really the changes we've seen beyond that have been incremental, to be honest. There's not been another revolution. You know, the, the, do you think the trainer pattern and the trainer pattern of innovation is, is going to be the same as that? There was this great leap forward when we first got smart trainers. And since then, they've just got a little bit better and a little bit better and a little bit better. Is it, you know, is there any big scope for innovation remaining with trainer companies? On the hardware side of things, I don't think so. I really don't mm. because really cycling is all about a pedal comes up and you push it down. And when you do that, the other pedal comes up and then you just push that one down. Cycling's very yeah. simple. Um, they've gotten to a point now where training indoors, sure there are rocker plates, there's steering, which could innovate. There's a lot of different areas they could innovate and change the game, but that does that's that's going to move at a glacial pace because we need new hardware for that so, and other accessories and compatible hardware uh, and to change what we've already invested in. So hardware wise, I don't hold out a lot of hope for anything wow coming along. Um, but the software-wise, that's almost unlimited. It really is. And yeah. we've gotten little snippets of what could be coming, clubs and, and things like that, sort of, you know, uh, auto categorization, all those sort of things. Uh, they're also moving quite slow. Unfortunately, on the hardware side of things, until we see a complete game changer, we need an Apple to come along with an iPhone, that, that kind of change. Mm. Can Zwift do that in hardware? I I hope so. I don't think so, but we'll see. We'll see what they can do. Hmm. I mean, it may be that the iPhone moment has just like already happened. You know, um, we, we get yeah. iPhone 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, you know, and we, that, that's how the progression <laughs> will happen with this technology. Now, uh, moving to the software side, which is what group riding really is. It's all about manipulation of, of pixels. Nathan, do you think that promise has been, I mean, if you look back to 2016, you know, we got, so excited about the new way that we could ride with each other. Do you think that promise has been delivered upon? I mean, in some ways, you've got to say it has, because uh, we were having a conversation offline about this. You know, some of some of the competitors have, have introduced some new features recently. Um, one of them in particular, they've introduced a whole set of new features, but none of it is social. Uh, and the whole thing about Swift, the whole essence of Swift success, if you like, is social and the heart of the social thing is group riding so that promise that was that was just beginning to start in 2016 nathan do you think that has been delivered upon yeah and i would say that because zwift has focused on su supporting the cultures and subcultures well that whether or not the software has kept up isn't what is is the sale point i know of a ton of different teams and brands of um and, and essentially clubs that just exist in Zwift at this point from all mm. over the world all over the different countries that identify with either uh, uh countries uh, a, a cause i mean the amount of good causes the amount of clubs that are running group rides the amount of coaches that are coaching Zwift have done a really good job of focusing on their people and connecting their people to create their riding spaces in Zwift really, really well. And that's also where the racing community has come out of as well. 
where they were supporting these event organizers. I would say, though, that on the racing side of things and esports side of things, without WTRL coming along, I don't think we would be where we are. I just got to say that. Like, yeah. have something like what WTRL has done on to create a structured, tiered sport like system, I'd have to say what they've taken on is at the level of what a national federation has done and maybe better than some national federations out there, to be honest. To be honest. Absolutely amazing yeah, job. I mean, that, 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 that's a really good example, isn't it, of, of, of what Zwift has enabled, which is like an alternative uh, ecosystem for cycling. You know, that, that they really have enabled this uh, network or mesh of, of brand new organizations, uh, you know, all devoted to, to, to one thing, which is getting people cycling together. And it just happens to be virtual. So, I, you know, I think we can give them a bit of a thumbs up on on how they delivered on 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 the social promises that they that they made to the consumer. You know, I, I really think they have actually. And <laughs> unless uh, you know, unless rivals or competitors can can do something similar, you know, I think they're doomed. To be honest. Anyway, let's spin onwards to 2017, and probably even now, what remains Zwift's biggest crisis. The dreaded price rise. 2017 was all about fire, racing and rage. It started well enough with the Zwiftcast getting an updated look and new music. But really, the year was dominated by the price rise. More on that in a moment. On the way there, we got a volcano. I'm really excited about it, and uh, I think it's a great course for racing so far. It's a good five-minute circuit, which is my kind of interval. Zwift ran its first ever E-Fondo, an homage to the excellent Maratona del Dolomiti IRL Sportive, and CVR staged the first large-scale IRL e-racing event on Zwift, live in Las Vegas. Now, will the lava get their lives? Zephalon going, who's it gonna be? It's so close! Shane Miller with 10 watts per kilogram, one second is the difference! Oh my First time the three Zwiftcasters actually met in the flesh. We're in Las Vegas where Shane was competing and that's a story which we will be exploring because uh, it's quite a story and Nathan was commentating with just a little bit of help from myself. But 2017 is maybe going to be best remembered in the history of Zwift for the price rise. Hiking the sub from $10 a month to 15 provoked uproar in the community. A regular in the Zwift venting area, John H. Hampton, rather hilariously sent me a video of him reacting to the fire and fury in the Zwift riders group. No one is forcing you to pay it. Don't like it. Don't use it. View. Yeah, that's essentially the view of Zwift riders. Was that English? <laughs> what? what? I love my Zwift and I want to be a long-term customer. Don't mess it up, Eric! More servers. Okay, let's see. Where's the outrage? Outrage, outrage. 66% increase hopefully means it will work 66% more often. Seems reasonable. Updates currently are few and far between. Simon, that sounds like more podcasts. That's on you. Oh, this is great. This is perfect. I have been looking for this comment. The I have absolutely no idea how computers work comment. 
this guy wants Zwift to fix his trainer that he bought 100 years ago before he'll pay another dime. I feel there needs to be more transparency with your price increase. How much more transparency do you need? It's 15 bucks now. That was pretty clear. Zwift team, how many subscribes do you currently have? 400,000 replies Gunter G. Gullerts. Quote Eric Min, last Zwift, Zwiftcast? Zwiftcast? What's a Zwiftcast? Again, arbitrary. It's again arbitrary. We need like a buzzer, like the arbitrary buzzer. 25% would be okay, but over 62% of the other new companies rolling out alternatives must be rubbing their hands together. Yes, all of them. Anyway, um, I'm bored now, so I will see you guys later. Bye-bye. <laughs> it, it, made, it made me roar with laughter when I, when I first saw it. And uh, it's raised a few titters watching it again ourselves. Very funny from John. Uh, a couple of follow-ups on that, I think, for us, actually, just in reflective mode. Uh, price and competitors, I think, are the two obvious ones. Uh, so four years ago, the price went up. Uh, as we just heard, it got quite the reaction. Um, I mean, it's now, I guess it's a kind of mid-price sub. Um, uh, people are very sensitive about subscription prices. There's some really weird psychology going on there. But um, do you see subs staying pretty much where they are now, Nathan? I mean, it, it seems to... I mean, that was four whole years ago, and there's not been a hint of a price increase since. I, I can't see it happening in the near future, can you? You know, across all subscriptions, I think that mark... Like, I just think across most subs that are out there regardless of cycling or what you're in that 15 ish a month seems kind of where you go for the default basic you want some extras or something you want to be able to do this or want to be doing this extra but i think that between 12 and 15 a month is what people are comfortable with usd uh at this point in the world when you're talking pretty much what every single service out there online is trying to go toward is the subscription fee so yeah i think so i don't I think Zwift will follow the market of what people are comfortable with. Yeah. You know, so if other, if my Netflix goes up, Zwift's going to go, huh, maybe we can go up. You know, so I, I think that is more of a global conversation about what people are comfortable with, with what they're receiving digitally for their services. Um, and we'll see when those price rises start coming. And as soon as I've seen other services, I think Zwift will follow suit rather than the other way around. Yeah. Yeah, I think it'll never not go up. You know, nothing ever stays the same, particularly subscription prices. Uh, but you know, I, I don't, I, I don't see a big hike coming up. I mean, arguably, Shane, they delayed. I mean, we had this debate at the time, didn't we? They delayed too long. You know, the the first sub, whatever it was, nine ninety, it was too cheap. You know, it was just too cheap, and they at some point had to raise it. It was always going to be an uncomfortable moment, and they probably just delayed too long in doing it. I think on reflection, that, that still remains the case, doesn't it? Yeah, I just remember all the fights and the battles and the complaints that no one even talks about anymore. It was all, <laughs> it's all just yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, water under the bridge, wasn't it? Uh, but I, I just hope, I don't want to see them go to a structured or a tiered model because those things get really complex. Here in Australia, our mobile phone plans or our cell phone plans went crazy. I think our main um, cell phone provider, Telstra here, had something like 400 different plans you could choose from. If you looked at different phones and different, it was just too much. So I don't want to see them offer, say, Zwift HD 
or maybe even come in with, say, Zwift Potato for the lower end unit. So I don't want to see them differentiate that at all. It's nice that it is just one single figure. And I don't want yeah. to see them add like something like, oh, it's $2 to enter a race or something like that, because that becomes like outdoors. And that, again, inevitably leads for, oh, if I'm not getting something out of it, I'm not going to do it. So yeah. there's a beauty in just one single price, regardless of what that is, um, to pay. I just don't want the tiered levels. So that's what, that's what yeah, concerns yeah. me. We'll, again, yeah, well, no, we'll yeah. see what the market does. Yeah, well, we don't want any more complication in our lives than, uh, than is strictly necessary, that's for sure. Um, just moving on to competitors, Shane. I mean, there were very few really credible competitors. There were competitors, but there, was no, there were no threats, I think is probably, is probably the right word to Swift in 2017. As we sit here now in 2021, there are competitors, but there are still no threats. It's a really interesting one. And the excuses people come up for why there's no competition, um, one that I'll, I'll, I'll lean on at the moment is people saying, well, no, they don't have the money that Zwift has. They don't have the marketing that Zwift has. Mm. Sure, that's true now. But remembering for the first, was it year or two, Zwift didn't advertise. Zwift just, they just simply had a beta product that was so different at the time. They weren't the first to do 3D writing they, or even the social side of things. They just did it in an Apple slash um, Google easy way to do. Right, to, to, line, to log in and just have it work. Um, so it's not that. I don't think it's that. There, are, there is room for more than one. There's room for more than two or three, but they really have to do their own unique thing, be it be really yeah. good at racing, uh, be it really good at the social side of things. And I've had a, a few discussions in recent times, it, like Zwift itself, it, it's driven by the social experience. And I think, Simon, you've discussed that before. Um, people don't want to watch... The wall doesn't change. If you continue to ride looking at the wall, the wall is always the wall in front of you. But a Zwift ride will change every few seconds depending on who's on there. If it's your friend, Eric Min may join your ride. Well, I'm staying in here for a couple. Like, let's get a thumbs up from Eric Min. Let's give him one. Like, the, the thing totally changes. Um, there's, there's opportunity for other platforms to do this. They just really need to be able to come up with an idea that is either unique, um, exciting, innovative, and roll with it and just like really go all in. Um, competing with Zwift is going to be a challenge. They've got, the, yeah. I mean, the, the funds they've raised is just phenomenal in this space. Um, well, the, 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 the traction. So exciting the, things happening. Yeah, the traction. Well, it, it comes down to timing as well. Yeah, and, and on that, and again, another topic as we're reminiscing of previous podcasts, I, I think I've spoken about this before. Zwift is the iPod. It came along at the right time where solid state yeah. um, was getting cheaper, not Zwift, but you know, iPods came along when Solid State was getting cheaper. Um, uh, music licensing was changing, um, the audio compression um, and the processing power to um, listen to that music with these small devices really came along at the right time. So the iPod did really, really well. Zwift is about the same. It sort of combined all this difficult technology and it's still difficult. Don't get me wrong on that one. Um, long way to go. Um, they simplified it to give that the social experience. And I think that's what people remember. They don't remember jumping on and, and hooking up their Kicker or their Neo or their Doretto. They don't remember, they remember riding with Jens Voigt. They remember riding with Tim Searle. Yeah. They remember riding with yeah. all these people. So it's that experience. So it's the challenge of these competitors to bring in a new experience or bring in an experience that people want. Maybe one we've never thought of before. Um, we'll see. Yeah. It's, it's interesting times. Software, you can do anything. I, I can't wait to see what these uh, other companies try. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think I, th I think all three of us are on the same page here, really. Which is that competition is good. You know, we would like 
as much competition as possible for Swift and Swift themselves say that. I'm not sure how much they believe it, but they certainly say it. But the thing is, for competition to be successful, it can't just be a copy. You know, don't be copycats, boys. You need to think of something very too. different. Yes, there is. Yeah, you know, and, and there was an example of that. I don't want to go into it too much here, but, you know, there's been no world's course from Swift this year for, I don't know, maybe the deal with the US UCI has expired and they just had a pause year. I don't know. Don't really know what, what why that didn't happen. And <clears throat> a competitor did something that was kind of like the world's, but it wasn't like the world's because they couldn't use the name the world's because they didn't have a deal with UCI. So like they tried to out Zwift, Zwift, but did it in a not really particularly convincing way. And that for me is, you know, that's just not the way that competition is going to succeed. Anyway, we will see if we're still here. <laughs> Another, another 100 episodes later, God help us all, including the listeners. We we will see. We'll be very interesting to look back in uh, another 100 episodes if we ever get that far uh, to see where the competition lies then. Okay, shall we have a look at what happened in Swift in 2018? I see no reason why we shouldn't. By 2018, the Zwiftcast had added a video version. We had a few laughs and we discussed some very important things. The only cheese, and let me tell you, Nathan, the only cheese I've ever seen in America is like, it's either in a tube or in a squirty thing. I'm not saying. So you are coming to Wisconsin, okay? Cheese aside, guessing Peak Swift had now become a thing, and we'd moved up from the 800 simultaneous users predicted by Eric Min in Zwiftcast episode one. I'll go 8888. Oh, that's easy to remember. 9,567. Oh, one of us has got to go over 10,000, so I'm going for 10,010. In the end, it dropped a little short of 10K, but with Zwift Run, the company had its eyes on more growth when game creator John Mayfield made a rare public appearance for the official launch in February. Zwift Run could be bigger than Zwift Ride. I think that's what we call it now, Run and Ride. Um, do you believe that? No. In March, senior game artist Tony Yaruga took us behind the scenes to show how Zwift's newest and biggest climb, the Alp du Zwift, was created. We had to model out terrain to kind of cover up the issues that the road was causing. This is one of the switchbacks, one of our debug modes. We use it to kind of just see how dense the polygons are in areas, mostly areas with uh, foliage. And more okay, behind uh, the scenes stuff when uh, we found out how Nathan does what he does. Episode, I was at Nathan's house slash studio. So Nathan, talk me through Nathan Central. Oh my goodness, Nathan Central. <laughs> Part of the reason that I'm here two hours before a broadcast is troubleshooting. <laughs> like half of it is troubleshooting and you wouldn't believe the kinds of things that come up. Looks like I had Windows updates on everything. Hello and welcome to Bespoke in London for the finals of the Kiss Crit series. Europe. In April 2018, Zwift finally took the plunge and staged its own live e-racing events in London and LA with Kiss helping out. Our version of esports has huge potential. This is the future. Yeah, this is uh, this event is amazing. Good day, Shay Miller. How are the you future mate? for the Zwiftcast was audio, not video. Episode forty-nine was our last video app. We just didn't get enough subscribers to justify it. 
The future was looking more and more race-shaped for Zwift. In July, a high-profile sponsorship of the Tour de France and the launch of the Fun is Fast campaign. The future of indoor cycling looked to belong to tax, with their tax bike unveiled at Eurobike. Final uh, injection molding molds are ready um, third or fourth week of August, and then uh, we're all set to uh, to start producing. But it was to suffer terrible delays, making it to consumers. Late summer and early autumn saw a double whammy of new courses from Zwift with a climb course modelled on the Innsbruck World Circuit of that year, and then a new move, a futuristic map based around New York. We were a little underwhelmed by New York City. The new road, the new visuals are fantastic. I mean, I'll take the other route with this one. To me, it's the same riding experience. It's the same game experience. And it's the same since about four years ago. Nothing's really changed in that respect of what we're doing on the bike. I think the next move from Zwift has to be a reinvention. We need a revolution. We need something to change because just new roads, it's nice and shiny for now, but are we still going to be talking about it next week? In December, the now traditional Christmas present from Zwift, we finally got new levels. The top one progressed from level 25 to level 50. Well, Shane, there's nothing uh, quite as gratifying as looking back uh, re-examining a snap verdict and being found to be 100% correct. Uh, <laughs> is running going to work, Shane Miller? We asked at the New York launch of running. No, said Shane. And um, I think I think I think you're kind of right, aren't you? For probably for kind of lots a, of complicated a, reasons. There's a brave response there. I had to get out of the country pretty quick. I was at the actual launch <laughs> of that, where they spent quite a bit of money on that launch, and I'm like, yeah, nah, nah, nah. <laughs> Oh, look, it's cycling and running. Um, whilst they're two sports where you're moving, very different, very, very different. And and coming back to the hardware side of things, even more different, well, a lot more different. With running, you just put a pair of shoes on and go. You can run in almost any weather. You put a hat on if it's raining and go. Riding, no, it's raining, I don't go outside. Um, there's no interactivity with the hardware too. So you'll get overtaken by a runner going up um, the Epic KOM because they subscribe to the Flat Earth Society. Because if you go for a run, you don't want to go running up a hill, a virtual hill, and only have it record one kilometer. Whereas in fact, you've ridden at a certain pace or a certain on, on your treadmill, which is two very different things. So there's technical reasons why they're not the same. Um, yeah, they're still utilizing running though. So, which is a good thing. The running track has been introduced. Um, and we still see quite a few people running out there, but I mean, at the yeah, core yeah. of the product, what it was all about was all cycling. So, yeah. and that's where my yeah. heart lies too. Yeah, well, I mean, that was the case then. Uh, so the year we just looked back to, and I think it remains the case now. P partly, I think it, it, that's a policy decision by Swift. They've realised that, you know, what really works is is cycling, and what works a little bit less well is running. And after all, the pandemic thing, which we're going to get into later, uh, they just decided to focus their resources more on cycling. And yeah, it's probably not the worst decision in the world. Um, Nathan, that was the year 2018 that Zwift entered e-racing under their own control. I think we can call that a qualified success, actually. I think they have made a pretty good fist of, of what they do under the Zwift banner. Having said that, I mean, it's very good for marketing, you know, really good for marketing. I'm not totally convinced by the pro product, I have to say. Um, you know, I, I can see why it works for them and what they've done is, you know, the broadcasts are getting better and better and it looks increasingly more professional. 
But I still think the future for Swift Racing, the biggest future for Swift Racing is the community-based stuff. And I think I know what you're going to say in response to that. <laughs> I'll just read the image I got from Martin, from the director of WTR, uh, right before we went live. 1,800 teams, 10,000 Zwift racers, 140 nationalities, 136 divisions across 17 leagues, 55 Zwift events, 136 races, and six hours of Zwift Community Live broadcasts, 290,000 kilometers in one race. Um, wow. So wow. I would just have to say that, yes, I think Zwift, I think eSport is super successful. I think like every other eSport that we have out there right now, there are far and few. I would say Dota. Um, Dota? <laughs> like, really, as far as like having a successfully, and even there, like how much those pros get paid and what they feel like they're a, a part of, it, it's a, it's not an NFL. I wouldn't call it, I wouldn't call it, you know, a premier yeah. league. I wouldn't, you know what I mean? I, it, and so, um, yes, even in other esports, it's still a marketing tool at the publisher level that gets more people hyped up to go and do the community events and be a part of the um, ranked or the, um, you know, going up the ranks to be like, I'm part of the 1% that can get the best headshots and apex or whatever it might be. So yeah, I think that is common actually across esports. It's not just a Zwift thing. Uh, about where yeah. esports is landing on the pro side of things. So I think the cool thing is that Zwift seems to kind of be in the same arena now, though. You know what I mean? Like before, we were trying to figure out if they even could jump into the arena of what esports and where esports was landing culturally as a sport. And now they're kind of catching up and have a similar model that what we see to the other esports. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I. <laughs> I think those stats that you just quoted, really, I mean, I'm sure they 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 land on receptive ears at Zwift HQ as well. But those stats, you know, for me, tell the story. The 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 the, the future, you know, and and what should be the future for for e racing esports on Zwift has to be community based. I really I strongly say, believe. I strongly believe that. Can I just say that isn't one race? That's weekly. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, yeah. what yeah. other event in the world do you have yeah. that kind of participation weekly yeah i mean no, it's, fanta it's, it's fantastic an amazing achievement uh, shane just quickly on this because um it's a bit of a hobby horse of yours actually i'm sure listeners have heard it once 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 uh, more than once but i think they could probably stand to hear it again i mean that year you know we got <laughs> lots of new we got lots of new courses but we were we ended up we were quite Actually, that was the episode we recorded in my car. I, I remember it well, actually. But we were we were a little bit underwhelmed by by New York, and your your beef was it's just another new course. What we want is more features, not just new courses. Yeah. And yeah, I, th I think we're still in the same place, aren't we? When I get a new um, component for the bike, I either get, I get a new bike, a new set of wheels, a new bike computer, something comes along that changes my experience on the bike. I want to go out and ride. It changes what I'm up to. Uh, the Varia Radar, again, I'll keep banging on about that. It changes the experience for the better. I just want to see more of those innovations. New roads are great. They give us some route badges to go and achieve, but they're the same route badges we've gotten for the last 75 route badges that we've got. I don't know. I don't have answers for this, but I just want more incentive yeah. to jump on and go. I think workout mode could really be changed up. Workout mode hasn't changed for five or so years now. Mm. 
why can't we have workout mode that gives us a sim gradient hill for say 6% for five minutes and it's auto-generated and then when we get to the top, it, it does something different. Yeah, just give us some gamification, change the game, think outside of the box, give us a reason to go, oh, wow, Zwift did this? How about that? And, you know, get some more eyes over to, the, over to what Zwift have invented. Um, maybe even fail more. Don't, don't fail with existing things that work and then the next update they fail. Um, fail with new innovations like the fence. Put a different fence there and, and fail with that and then bring it back. I'll come up with an idea one day, maybe in episode 101. I'll have some few ideas. Um, <laughs> but rather than just keep doing the same thing, the, the cookie cutter approach works with new, new worlds. Everyone loves new worlds. They yeah, they do. Four, yeah, yeah. I added four little tiny roads to Watopia. Wow. How huge was that? I'm jumping yeah. ahead in the timeline here, actually. That was only this year. Um, that was amazing. Little things like that. Where's gravel riding? Come on now. We've all got gravel bikes. Why can't we have some virtual gravel? Mm. Yeah. Anyway, I want, yeah. I want to change yeah. to the experience. Yeah. No, well, I, I think it's, it remain, you know, it's been made a number of times before, but it, it does remain an excellent point. However, you know, the thing is, you know, now uh, and we're, we're going to get into this in, in, in a moment. Also, you know, Zwift is a mainstream product now. And what, and what, what does the mainstream, what do the crowds love? And the crowds love new roads. They love new roads. So we may, we may end up, I, I think we're right, but I think we may, we may still be howling at the moon in the, in the wilderness for, for a little while longer at this one. Okay, let's move on because there's still quite a lot to cover. I hope you're not getting bored with this yet. Actually, I, I think the, the, the kind of look back thing's really interesting, but, you know, I would say that. Anyway, let's go back to 2019. January 2019 was action-packed as the long-awaited and much-requested guest world or world switching feature was released to acclaim from the Zwiftcasters and friends. So, uh, Watopia is available the whole time. The guest world selected by Zwift HQ is on rotation. It has been received very well. People are liking it. Um, I think people are a big fan of Watopia. I think the community overall is very happy with the change. It's pretty hard to find anything negative to say about it, really. A new peak Zwift added to the excitement. It was a little over 13,000 concurrent Swifters. Nathan, they're going to be happy with that, I think. It's, it's about a 50% increase. Looks really good on paper. And then again, I made a prediction of 15,000 that didn't happen. And the inaugural Tour de Zwift began a new tradition on the platform. To this day, the biggest and best mass participation events on Swift. In February, out of the blue. Garmin buys tax for a rumoured 170 million euros. This is a big deal. But what might it mean for Zwift and Zwifters? March saw the fence, a device to help shepherd group rides. Two and a half years on, the fence is still kind of work in progress. The desert extension in April made time trialists and triathletes as happy as Larry. I like the scenery. This is some great scenery because it's so different from anything we've seen before. It's flat, it's hot, it's pretty long. Yeah, I love it. And our new friend Dinosaur, whose name is Sinclair, I believe. From he doesn't do much, does he? No, he's just a bit boring. I mean, maybe one day he'll like bend down and eat someone off the front of the group. More dinosaurs stalked the next new extension, the lush and verdant Titan's Grove, which landed in August. A big moment for me in September as my hometown of Harrogate got Zwiftified. My objectivity must be suspended for this episode, but I have to say, I think as a replication of the Harrogate I know extremely well, it's absolutely bang on. I mean, the, the architecture in the Duchy Estate section is just 
so, so close to, to reality. I mean, I've actually got a friend who lives around there and I can spot his house. In December, Crit City joined Bologna, which had been added in May, as a second events-only course. With the Desert, Titans Grove, Yorkshire, plus the event-only courses, then in December a running track, knowingly called Mayfield, released, Zwift's artists had had a very, very busy 2019. It was busy. I mean, so, many, so much new tarmac, because we were just harping on about. And dinosaurs. We got dinosaurs. We finally got dinosaurs. We finally got dinosaurs. Um... Oh, and world switching we got to in 2019 was it was it was it only 2019 it feels like we've had it for much longer i guess the, the the reflective point to consider on that on on world switching is should it now just be completely unrestricted i think you know those old days worries of zwifting in a lonely place because nobody chose one of Five worlds available as an option at any one time. I think those worries are dead now, Shane, don't you? Yep, long gone. There's somebody Zwifting on every course at any time if yeah. you use the World Hacks tool. So there's always somebody there. Um, so there's no reason. The the um, calendar that comes out every month with its Fruit Loop uh, rainbow-coloured dots that you've got to do some um, holographics <laughs> and try and too hard too hard trying to explain that to a newbie like oh no it's only you know that new course you found out about with the new marketing campaign that went out the new roads yeah you not there anymore thursday yeah. so yeah, yeah you got to wait till next thursday to be able to do it too confusing yeah get rid of that um i'll almost go the flip side we want privacy now we want i want the ability to go and ride that just by myself we need a here's all the worlds but do you want to ride just by yourself sure click this button here and away you go that'd be great yeah yeah, it would. Yeah. I mean, why not Zwift? Just, just do it. Just do it. Uh, the Fence, Nathan, that launched in 2019. Still not really working very well, to be honest. Uh, same applies to clubs, I'm afraid, but there were reasons for that. And, and other new initiatives. Remember, what the hell was it? Battery boost or something? It, <laughs> never really boost took mode. off that, did it? Boost mode. Yeah, yeah, never really took off. I, I mean, again, we were talking about this a few minutes ago, and I think Shane made the point, actually, why not try a bit more? Why not be not afraid to fail with some experimentation, Swift? You know, and I think Battery Boost probably was a bit, a bit of a fail, to be honest. But, and it, again, it probably just comes down to a resource issue. But are they, Nathan, are they too afraid to fail? Yes. <laughs> but mm. uh, I would say that the way that they're backing up and going to the most basic getting excellent is a good thing. So pack elements yeah. 3.0 is backing up and going, is everything working as well as it possible? I mean, being just completely a race machine ready to go, right? My bike is clean, lubed up. Every setting is where it needs to be. I'm about to get out on course. That's where they need to be before moving ahead, I think. And I think that they are making sure that all the little I wouldn't say bugs. I would say all the functionality at the most basic riding level, as well as game level and how it is producing the images in front of you in order for the best interactivity. Why add other interactivity before that is solid? So I think, you know, see what Pack Dynamics 3.0 does and then go forward from there. I would love to see, um, you know, obviously a lot more experimentation and gamifications and stuff like that but it just seems like 
Where are you going to put the resources? That seems to always be the conversation here. And it looks like it's going toward back it up a little bit. We got a little ahead of ourselves. There's other things that we could do that are way simpler. Uh, well, I don't know about simpler as far as technically achieving them, but way simpler in ideation and like what it is that you're accomplishing and the idea of it. Um, and then go forward with something more complicated. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe they're not offered to fail. You know, maybe they just don't have enough people to do all the things that they want to do. And and lots of companies are in that position. And, and the pandemic changed all of that, which brings us on to our last look back uh, for this big Zwiftcast 100 episode. And uh, strangely enough, uh, we come right up to date with 2020. And this is quite short. And I was going to say painful. I don't think it was painful, but uh, hey, 2020 was quite a year. Let's take a look at it. The year started normally enough. The Zwiftcasters were excited about another peak Zwift in late January. And Shane pessimistically, we all thought, went with 16,666. The lowest was the closest. Peak Zwift came in at 16,231. That's a 24% increase on last year's Peak Zwift. A respectable, if not stellar, increase from the previous year's 13,500. Then, a few weeks later you know what hit and Zwift went crazy and it went crazy crazy fast by early April only three weeks or so after the pandemic proper almost 35,000 users were on the platform at one time with millions confined to home the whole digital fitness space exploded Zwift's subscriber growth would top out in 2020 at a 240% increase. Combined with all the staffers at HQ suddenly working from home, the explosive growth put enormous strains on the company. That pressure then built to even greater levels when a virtual version of the postponed real-life Tour de France was announced. New courses and a gigantic logistical effort to provide never-before-seen broadcast coverage meant mass redeployment of resources. And those two things, the virtual tour and coping with explosive growth, consumed the company. Just about everything else went on hold. The VTDF was a great success. Zwift reaped huge benefits. 2020 was the year Zwift went mainstream and the company mindset changed. Suddenly, it was all about the newbies. It was really about making sure that the, the new customers trying Zwift for the first time were having the, the best experience. Like a lot of changes wrought by the pandemic, that change has gone from temporary to seemingly permanent, at least for the foreseeable future. The right decision? Well, let's look at the numbers. In January 2021, it sure seemed like the noobs had stuck around. Zwift hit 46,375 concurrent users. Let's not forget, in January 2019, only two years earlier, it had been a little over 13,000. Explosive growth, big changes. The Zwiftcast episode 100 does not reflect the Zwift of episode one of the Zwiftcast. And of course, that's completely inevitable and in fact, desirable. You know, if Swift had not changed uh, 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 from episode one to episode 100, we would be asking 
a great many questions, I think. But we like to get nostalgic. We liked it when we had direct one-to-one relationships with the very few people who worked at HQ. We liked Jarvis. We even liked racing when we kind of rolled up to a bridge and someone would type, go, 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 go. Uh, but change is good. You know, if it wasn't, we'd all still be in our garages staring at a blank wall and wondering where our will to live had been gone. It's been quite the journey, uh, this one, Shane, 100 episodes of the Zwiftcast. Are you still on board the Zwift train? I'm still here, aren't I? I've you seen the background here. It's still, actually, I've got pictures of llamas on the background there, but it's still running Zwift every single day. It's still my platform of choice for the Llama Lab test for testing hardware. Um, yep, I'm still around. I just want to see the progression equal that of what it what it was when we first found out what Zwift was, and the first few years where it was just all this new excitement being built around it, and the community just organically growing itself and coming together to help each other out and and build little teams and communities communities and other groups mm-hmm. and things like that. There was huge hype around it. Inevitably, it's grown so big now that it's a different interaction with the community. Um, but I just want to see that, you know, back at the, again, to, to, to flash back to where we were with the new, new things coming along all the time. That was heaps of fun. I really like that. That just kept the energy alive. Um, now the down, there's a bit of a downturn in the hardware side of things. I just want to see that continue on the software side of things and Zwift are in a position to do that. Make that pairing process easier. Make those updates every month exciting. They used to be one of my watched videos, my most watched videos every month. Here's what's new. Here's all the new things. It hasn't quite gone that smoothly in the last few months. I just want them just just you know reverse back. Give us some awesome things. Roll out pack dynamics. Let's just get it done. Let's just put it in October's update. Let's just do that. We'll like that. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah, I'm still here. Yeah, you are, and we're glad you are. Now, Nathan, uh, as we start another winter on Swift, it will be our fifth, sixth, seventh, maybe even for some people, uh, particularly someone with user number 10. I've waited right until the end of this episode. <laughs> that little <laughs> bomb. Uh, but anyway, I mean, do you still look forward to the indoor season, Nathan? Hundreds of thousands of miles under your belt now? Now more so than ever, actually. Wow. So, which is interesting. Um, there were a, a, a couple of years of development in the racing scene where you didn't have an exact aim. You kind of had these little pockets and you weren't sure what was going to happen with them. And actually, um, Reese from Canyon's marketing who runs the Canyon team, you know, is, is the director there. I heard him on a podcast recently. He said the same thing that it's really found its place for what to aim at, where you should aim with the racing. And I get excited about coming into indoor season now because I can rank up. I can look at where to rank up. I know other people are thinking about that too. I know if I jump into races with these people in these specific races, I can find a purpose in my Zwift racing. Whereas, um, you know, if people put events on their schedule going into their summer season or whatever it is, they're for mountain biking, they're TTing, they're track cyclocross, and they think about some sort of goal to accomplish. Well, now I have a place to shoot those goals at. And I see that in the community as well. Athletes I coach, as far as racing goes, I'm actually more excited about getting into the Zwift racing season now than I've ever been before because I have things to chase in that racing in a meaningful way and not just um, have a series that doesn't seem like it really attaches to anything in a bigger picture. So uh, interesting enough, this uh, is the most excited I've ever been about myself 
getting involved in racing, you know, apart apart from broadcast and and commentating and all that other stuff, uh, that definitely is a shift that I've noticed in my own motivations for Zwifting now. Well, that's really, really good to hear. And you are in great shape at the moment, which which massively helps, you know, that really does help uh, in, in looking forward to the new season. Okay. That's it, boys. We have managed to uh, get to 100 episodes. Uh, it must be nearly getting towards 3 a.m. with you now, Nathan. So I think it really is about time we allowed you to go. So last question for you both. Um, I asked you, just asked you whether you know you were still on board the Swift train, um, whether you're looking forward to the new season. Do you still enjoy the Swift cast? When my script drops in your inbox, Shane, do you think, oh, <laughs> God, here we go again? Or do you, you know, do you still get a little bit excited about doing it? Uh, you know, we, we have to, we get quite worthy and a bit dull sometimes, and we go on a bit, I think, sometimes. But uh, we still have a bit of a laugh about things, I think. Do you, do you, do you still enjoy it? Have you got your, have you got the appetite? Can you, could you go another, I'm not going to ask you to commit to 100 episodes. Could you go another 20 or 30 episodes before you get bored with all this? I like catching up with you guys. You guys are my friends. And I, I hopefully that comes across. Um, yeah. So when the when, when news of cast, like, things come through. It's like, okay, what are we talking about this week? Okay, do I do my homework on this? This week, I didn't do any homework whatsoever. I thought it's video, we'll, we'll get it done. If it's talking about things we've already spoken about, that's easy for me. Um, I usually do a little bit of homework and I really enjoy it. I Most of my work is done solo, so it's a great catch up. Um, the only thing that gets me a bit nervous is when I stumble my words or I say the wrong thing or I come out with something that sounds stupid to me. Hopefully it sounds okay when it's played back. And you do a great job with the editing, Simon. Um, I think I've kept my four letter words almost, like I, I don't think I've ever sworn on this. I don't, you, you probably cut them out if I have anyway. <laughs> a lot of my outtakes on the YouTube stuff is not for publication ever, they're gone. <laughs> I'm an Aussie after all. Um, no, yeah, I do. Well, I really enjoy it, guys, because you guys are, I mean, we've got so much history um, and we could always, we can always refer back to, hey, remember Vegas? How good was that? What a benchmark yeah. Vegas was for CVR racing. And we all, yeah, yeah we agree. And then we move on with that conversation. Um, yeah. It's great. No, I, I enjoy these. I do them weekly. We were doing these weekly during the, the um, pandemic when it really hit hard. But I, Simon, I do understand the work that goes into these. It is absolutely huge, especially this one. And as I keep talking, it's going to take you even longer to edit this. So I'll just keep rambling on and rambling on. And <laughs> we do appreciate, Simon, the work yeah. that you put in. It's easy for us to come in as technically as guests, I guess, or as a participant or as a panelist, I think it's probably the better word. Um, but all the hard work, Simon, it's all hats off to you as well. 100 episodes, um, that's a lot of work behind the scenes. It's, um, I'm, I'm yeah, gonna what it is, you it. know. Yeah. I'm on. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think you just signed another contract, Nathan. Um, so uh, <laughs> I think the thing I've missed, Nathan, uh, and, uh, you know, it's just like the number one obvious thing to say in the very difficult times we've just lived through over the past 18 months or so. The thing I've missed has not been able to do it in real life, the three of us actually meeting. And, and, and yeah. we've done that. Yeah. I think we managed five, six, seven, eight times. We've, we've probably managed to do that. Man, they are better episodes. Yeah, and I want oh, when you talk about... Reading off each other, is he? So, yeah. when you, well, I, want, I wanted to say there about meeting in real life also kind of piggybacks on why I think the Zwiftcast is so awesome is that there's a lot of history between all of us. I don't think people understand, like we don't just show up and have a discussion mm. about Zwift. We have uh, friendships here that have seen 
all of us through life in a lot of different ways. There's some really strong connections here that um, are life changing. And I just want to say are super, super appreciated. And to the public, like, I don't know, doing 100 episodes like this together and living in this virtual space. I remember at the offsite, was it 2017? I said to all of the Zwift in front of them when we did a Zwift cast there in front of them, actually, um, yeah. kind of like, and, and in front of the whole company. And I said, I don't know if you understand how much you are connecting people. Right. I said, I don't think you get how much, like, oh, I didn't, I don't know if I said, it. I don't think you guys get, but I was trying to give this like inspiration of like, you're really connecting people through the bike in this virtual space with their own little communities that, um, have a narrative of what their story is, what their life story is with their fitness. And we've connected stories and narratives now that are absolutely awesome. And uh, that's what brings me back to the Zwift class and makes me enjoy it. Our pre-production is a catch up about life. Our, um, and then that oh, real friendship. something we're passionate yeah. about, real, real friendships. Exactly. Real so, friendships yeah. yeah. So I mean, yeah. I'm getting all sappy here, but <laughs> it's definitely no, it, what brings me back to the Zwift cast. It's and, and obviously Zwift and we enjoy the platform and all of that. And it's the personalities here that then talk about this awesome virtual world that all gets us in shape. So, yeah. I was I, yeah. You pressed the anti-sap button, anti-sappy button before I was just just about to hit it hard. Actually, we were going <laughs> way too sappy there, but uh, all of it is true. Actually, I mean, real friendships have formed. I think we all do still enjoy uh, enjoy it, and um, you know, I think it's probably useful for listeners to know that we do we do talk about stuff actually, Zwift stuff and live stuff uh, in between episodes, and I think that does inform the episodes when when we come to record them. Okay, that's definitely enough sappiness. Uh, thank you very much, boys, not only for this episode, but for all your hard work. I know you don't always do your homework, Shane, but mostly you do, actually. <laughs> uh, 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 thank you. You know, And Nathan, you always do your homework. Um, thanks very much indeed for this, for the last 99 episodes. And here's to, I'm not going to commit to another 100, here's to another few more. Thank you very much, boys, and goodbye. Right on! Woo!